Regardless of your ServiceNow scripting experience, you've probably heard of GlideRecord as the scripting API to interact with database records. Well, move over, GlideRecord, because our guest today has come up with something better. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Here's your host, Chuck Tomasi. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and curious individuals. And I address you with the utmost love and respect you so well deserve. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. And in this episode, I have the great pleasure of talking to the one and only Peter Bell, Senior Software Engineer. How are you today, Peter? I'm great. Happy to be here. Awesome. You ready to talk? This this yeah. is This is your baby, man. This is yours. So before we begin, though... I always like to get to know our guests, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, uh, let's see, I'm Peter. I grew up in a little town on the Oregon coast. Uh, I've always loved computers and programming like so many developers. Uh, uh, after high school, I went to Klamath Falls to uh, Oregon Institute of Technology, and I, got, I graduated there with a software engineering degree. And uh, let's see, I've been been living up in Seattle for the last 16 years and gosh, I guess when, I, when I'm not um, programming all the time, lately I've been barbecuing and uh, just this, <laughs> I guess since I moved into this new house during COVID, there's not a lot of other things to do. So I've been getting into barbecue a lot. And uh, Well, the home itself <laughs> is a project, you know, once, once a homeowner, <laughs> y- your free time is gone. Your budget is shot. <laughs> oh man. And gardening. Yeah. I've been learning how to garden. We've been, planting peas and pumpkins and tomatoes and whatnot. And yeah, I, I never have, I always have something I should be doing. Are, are you an inside guy where you're more into the carpeting and tile and, uh, or are you an outside guy where you're into the landscaping? I'm probably more on the outside stuff. I like, I like being outside when I can. And that that's one of the reasons why I, I have been living in close to downtown Seattle for the last 15 years. And so, um, with this lockdown, I just had to get out. And, and so my wife and I moved to the suburbs and we have a yard now so I can actually go outside during the day. And it's really, it, it's so nice <laughs> to breathe fresh air once again. Yes. Yes, it is. Without a mask. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now I see a note here that says you like tech talks. What are, what are some of your favorite speakers? Well, I really like Rich Hickey, he's the creator of Clojure. It's a functional language on the, the JVM. Uh, Mark Seaman is another one. He's a uh, more on the .NET side of things, but he has a lot of interesting things to say about software design and architecture. And uh, there's another guy, John DeGoes. Is, um, so a, lo- a common theme of these three is uh, a lot of them are kind of thinkers in, in functional programming which has kind of been a passion of mine over the years. I've gotten more into that, um, which is kind of what part of how GlideQuery came about. I mean, it's kind of inspired by some of the ideas that come from some of those other technologies like Scala or um, Clojure. Many of them are. Many of them are. You mentioned the Oregon Institute of Technology. Any, what else is in your background that's kind of led you down this path? I guess a down, so I've been heavily, for much of my professional career, I've been in the Microsoft world. So I live in greater Seattle area now, and 
obviously Microsoft is the big, the big power. Well, now Amazon as well, but it used to be mostly just Microsoft. And so uh, C sharp and um, I kind of, after windows eight and windows phone were a thing. You remember that? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I got, I got into some of that uh, windows mobile app development and writing C sharp and with C sharp was a link. It's kind of a, language integrated query, I think it stands for. And it was a way of making querying data in a database simpler for someone in C-sharp because you've got this object-oriented languages, but you know there is a little bit of friction when you're trying to query data. And so Link was Microsoft's way of trying to minimize that friction. And um, I think they did a, a fairly good job. And I, Link is a pretty impressive technology, I would I would say um, I mean, it's not perfect, but um, and it, it certainly inspired me in some ways. Um, if you look at the syntax, some of it will look familiar to you if you've used uh, either Java 8 stream, uh, the stream uh, class that comes with Java 8 or um, C sharp. Uh, and so, yeah, that that was part of um, kind of a, I guess that was an important step in how I thought about programming, but um, I, I kind of eventually needed to get out of the bubble of Microsoft because most of the world is still not, they're not doing that. They're doing other technologies, maybe more open source mm-hmm. stuff. So I worked for, there's a company in Seattle called Zulily. How did you get from Zulily to here? I, I spent about a year and a half in at Zulily when, when I had a friend who uh, came up to me and he uh, had an idea for a startup. And I joined their startup, and there we were using uh, Elixir as it, as a functional programming language running on the Erlang virtual machine. It was really cool stuff. And but then we got acquired by ServiceNow, and so uh, three years ago, actually, uh, we got uh, we were part of the VendorHawk acquisition. So we were writing software to help companies save money on licensing. So um, I joined the ITAM team. Uh, asset to asset management team. So mm-hmm. we, we help companies save money by keeping track of their spending on, on software licenses and that kind of stuff. And so here I am. And during that time, I um, joining after joining ServiceNow and kind of getting a lay of the land and getting familiar with Glide Record. And I, I like, I just, I usually find some kind of programming project for myself on the side. Like I, I can't help it. You're in good company, my friend. <laughs> Great. Uh, so so yeah, I would spend I'd spend weekends programming, which is I don't know, maybe a little weird, but I it was not at all. Weekends, holidays, whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I started working on what would become Glide Query. And there was evolutions of it over time. Like if I showed the original Glide Query was not nearly as good as the current version, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Um, but there's little things I'm I was like, oh, that's so good. I should I should incorporate that. So I have to rewrite this one part and uh, redo another thing, but eventually, I some of the pain points that I ran into uh, writing software was it, I found that certain some things uh, it was easy to go down a, a dark path on accident. Let's say um, so, like the examples I use of Glide Query. So w- one of the things about Glide Query um, is that it has a, a a stricter or I guess a safer is a nice way to say it. I would call it safer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better PR. I'm not a, an innate PR guy. So. <laughs> I mean, when, well, when you look at things like, um, 
You know, if you get a query wrong with Glide Record, it's just ignored unless you set the magic property or GS.getSession yeah. something or other. And those mm-hmm. are off by default. So, you know, spelling active with two eyes, for example, very hard to see in an editor. And it just goes, hey, yeah. Glad query dot add query. And it's like, I misspelled it. Why am I getting too many records back? Oh, it's because it was ignored. It was like, no, 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 don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. So Glide Query's default is if if we believe you're going down a, a, a bad path, like you're making a mistake, then our philosophy is to throw an error, stop the press. Just don't let, don't go any further because we want, we'd rather, um, well, there's this idea in software development called the feedback loop. And the, the feedback loop is I start writing something, I run my program, whatever my line of code on the server and then it comes back and either I did it right or I did it wrong and either my tests fail for example if I have hopefully I have tests Uh, another feedback would be the customer finding the bug for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is generally not what you would want you know or or maybe other employees in your company finding you get a bunch of emails and that's your feedback loop so it could be um you know, if you're writing a statically typed language like Java, your feedback loop might be that the, com- the, co- the program just doesn't compile. Right. So that's a very fast feedback because I, I can't even run the program. So now I know it's not working correctly. Uh, so I, I, having shorter feedback loops overall is, is what I would prefer. So for Glide Query, the default is if I, if I misspell active, I say where active, but I put two I's in there. Is true, then I want our default is just completely fail catastrophically. And that will force the developer to go, oh, what? What did I do wrong here? And then the other thing we want is we want to make failing a first class feature. Like failing is actually, you know, something that I think once you've seen it right, it's it's pretty amazing. Like I there was this language i just i played around with it it's called elm and it's it's a web kind of a front side web Mm -hmm. language um their compiler is it's so good uh, at at error messages i've never seen anything like it but it because if you had an error it'd be like oh looks like there's something here on this line it'll show you the line it'll put a little mark exactly where the character that is incorrect and said it would even offer suggestions like, oh, are you trying to do this or that? Or maybe you try to do that here. Here's a link to the documentation on, it's all in the error. So if you make a mistake, you're like, oh, okay. Like suddenly all this help is coming your way immediately. And that was that was very inspirational too, to me. Like, oh, that I think failing needs to be a feature that is like something that we sell as a, and our failures are, are the best ever. You know, when we do, <laughs> yeah. when you make a mistake, like we're there to try to like jump in and immediately offer um, ideas and possible solutions to um, what you did. So for the, going back to the active misspelling the field thing, which I've done before and I've other people on our team have, have caught that mistake as well um, to say, it's one thing to just not work. Well, throw an error. Okay, that's that's kind of good because at least now I know something's wrong. But if I could say, hey, what's wrong is that you misspelled the field. Okay, that's that's really useful. Now I can jump in quick. Now that saves my uh, time trying to like look through the code and stack traces and trying to figure out 
one step further would be like, all right, so yeah, you misspelled active, but here's all these, here are the actual fields that exist. Right. Because then you might go, oh, okay, I, that field actually doesn't even exist on this table. I thought it did. So that's like going the next extra mile and trying to make an error message that can save hundreds of hours across, you know, hundreds of developers. You could, if you think, I mean, I've run into errors, which it was a dumb mistake, but I spent three hours trying to <laughs> find out where it happened. We've all <laughs> been there. And then, and then my wife walks up and goes, is that a reserved word? Like, oh! <laughs> you don't even yes. use service now. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. I've done. Yeah. That's actually something I've done before. Like delete. <laughs> I name a variable delete. And I named a field yeah. event and I was putting it in a notification and I had dollar curly brace event dot something and went, oh, now I see it. Event <laughs> is already, you know, a reserved object. It'd be like calling a field current. You just don't do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that that's, yeah, that's actually a a good scenario. So the, the idea then is like, if, if we, there's these errors, that like you scale that, like your developer who who lost three hours, let's say, and if you've got, you know, a thousand developers across an organization, that's um, expensive. Or that's very expensive. I mean, that I don't know how that could be like a whole months or or a year of just time time spent just trying to find, you know, a, an issue. So yeah, if we can you're, save you're time, losing a few sprints at that cycle. It's like, ooh, yeah, yeah, exactly. How would you feel if you could get? an extra sprint or two into, you know, your year. That's, that's pretty yeah. powerful stuff. Yeah. Oh man. I would love it. And it's, and it's more fun too. Like it, it's fun when you're actually, you know, figuring things out and the ball keeps moving forward. It can, sometimes it's fun to, to debug an issue, but sometimes it's really, really boring. <laughs> or it can be. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially when you have to dump in lots of output statements. Now is, it, it, this started out as a pet project, correct? Correct. Is this it a did. bona fide sanctioned product that you know you're the product manager, or how? What's that look like today? So I would say the product manager per se it's, um, would be my manager, which is Brian Geisler, and he's kind of been behind the scenes, the evangelist who's been uh, promoting Glide Query across um, originally within our organization, the mm-hmm. ITM team but um now more across the company in general and um he's also kind of keeping track of what's next and what's to come what but if there's a defect we need to fix um things like that he's kind of uh in charge of that so it's basically the two of us um working on that um it is an official feature um it is um let's see yeah, it, it definitely started as a pet project and it started just kind of, it started expanding within, you know, within our company. So within ServiceNow, it was just our team of, I don't know, let's say 10 or 15 developers and that we're using it. And then we started, we made it available to other teams across uh, the company. And uh, with, with Paris, that was the first time we actually, you know, revealed it to everybody. People started to find find glide query around it like what's glide query like <laughs> right. there's some new script include that is located with with uh with orlando actually but there's no documentation on it what happened to um and then with paris we actually reveal the documentation and we um 
explained what it is. I gave a, a talk last year at the K20 and just kind of going through my spiel. It's probably, you might be able to find it somewhere still on the, on the knowledge site. I'm not sure. But yeah, that it's, it's kind of my spiel of here's, here's what glide query is. And um, here's why it's, it's, I think it's pretty, pretty neat. I enjoy it. <laughs> Are there plans to convert it from a script include into base Java code? At this point, there's no plans for that. That's an interesting idea though, especially if we can better improve the quality of the, of, of it somehow. So it, it is important that one of its, selling features is that it is because it's a javascript api and all the values that are returned from it when you query data it's all it all returns to you as regular javascript values mm -hmm. so um so if you're a javascript developer um, things like glide record and glide element are can be confusing at least they were to me at first because i Things like comparing using double equals or triple equals, like it, it doesn't necessarily behave the way you might think it does. Right. Um, and uh, so, to answer your question, there's there currently are no plans, but that I would be I would be interested in in leveraging the back end, the platform better in order to like maybe provide an even better experience. That might be where we can where we can expose some of the like, hey, here's the field names that you are expecting. You know, if you can build it into the editor, make it part of the IntelliSense or make it part of you know, oh, that yeah. might be that might be very helpful. I know that already with the uh, current editor, you could say. Right click on it and say open definition, and it takes you to the record where Glide Query is defined. Um, but that's, you know, that's part of the way of where you want to go. It's what it sounds like. I, I'm wondering if there's any um, performance enhancements we might make on it, too. Yeah, I've I mean, I'm just speaking unofficially <laughs> um I, I have thought about things like that where um it maybe there's a way behind the scenes that we can we can make more efficient queries on the back end uh one of the things that we do for example with glide queries we, we require you to select which fields you want returned back mm -hmm. whereas glide record it just returns um it, it queries behind the scenes all the fields in the sql database even if you're not using them so if we can minimize that somehow to where we're, we're more smart about optimizing that, maybe we can make performance improvements. Uh, I don't know, though, uh, at this point. Um, well, you could, yeah. you, you, you could also implement the dot walking at that point, too, because I, I believe that's mm -hmm. one of the things that we can't do right now is to, you know, say, a.b.c.d in, in some of those cases and some of the queries. Ah, yes. Or encoded queries was the other one that I was thinking of too. We could we could tap into the uh because currently as of mid-May 2021, actually I think this will be going out in late I can't remember. It's we're we're recording this in mid-May and the current implementation of Glide Query that shipped with Quebec does not do encoded queries and we'd really like to see that at some point and if mm -hmm. we could get it into the you know, the core Java code, then, you know, there's, there's probably encoded query and decoded query is stuff running all over the place that we could tap into. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's been a, probably the number one requested feature for glide query is I have, I like using encoded queries. Um, 
I have a bunch of encoded queries already written that all over our code. So all, all over our system, let's say, and I'd love to be able to tap into that. Like yeah. It's already there. If I could just like parse that, then that would be perfect. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's definitely a feature that has, has been requested. We talked about some of the gaps. So what are some of the advantages of, and I want to point out that Glide Query not only does a lot of the functionality from, from Glide Record, but also Glide Aggregate too. So that's right. what are some of the advantages of Glide Query over Glide Record and Glide Aggregate? Well, uh, I, I kind of mentioned the first one was, uh, it has what I think are safer defaults. So um, we default to throwing errors, you know, revealing bugs sooner uh, than Glide Record and the sooner you find a bug, the cheaper it is to fix it. We, we talked about bad field names. What else does it, it catch? Uh, choice choice values. Really? Yes. Wow. That's Oh, I love that one. I, I can't tell you how many times I've said, hey, go go query for this. <laughs> Where and it's like, that's not, it, it's not underscore. <laughs> I was like, ow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might have like, you know, a, con- a discrete set of values, A, B, C, and D. But if you type in like X or 42, you know, we, we think, okay, you're probably doing something wrong. This is not what, this is um, not a valid choice value. So you could add an, you could add it as a choice value if that's what you need. But for now, Glide Query will fail because it's, it, um, it's trying to protect from yeah. making a mistake. You, you also mentioned failing as a first class feature and the the values returned are appropriate javascript values that's right uh, what anything else that i'm missing yeah that that's a big one right there that you just mentioned cuz that i'd say that's one of the top ones for me personally and i've seen other people happy to see that cuz with glide record for example when i call get value it doesn't matter if it's <laughs> boolean it's or always an a string it's always it's a string it's always a string and true yes. false is like a a zero and a one. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's a string one or the string zero. Yeah. So there's a lot of equals equals this to make it a true Boolean or mm-hmm. yeah, parse ints or parse floats all over the place. Yeah. Make an object out of a glide record. You're going to be spending a little bit of time uh, patching holes. <laughs> Let's just say. <laughs> exactly. And that's glide, glide query. If it's a Boolean column, we use a JavaScript Boolean. If it's a integer or a currency or a decimal will return a, a JavaScript number. So we try to match an appropriate JavaScript type with the column that you're yeah. you're selecting. I've got a lot of script include functions that do nothing but query glide records and convert them to appropriate objects. Oh yeah. Yeah when you use glide aggregate, um, when you say for example get aggregate count like you would probably think it'd be a number, but it's a string. No, nope, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you forget to parse that, and if you do that, if you if you do that twice, and you're comparing those two glide aggregates, <laughs> but you forgot to convert them into part. Uh, so now you have two strings, but they have a number value inside the string. You if could, you forget to, yeah, you could get it, inappropriate results. Yeah, because it's because ten is actually less than two. <laughs> 
<laughs> in yes. string talk. Like, huh? Ah, yes. Oh, how did that happen? That'll mess up your day, won't it? <laughs> oh, gosh. It's like 10 is greater than two. What? Is my computer broken? Like, why is this? In all fairness, know. you know, some of this code is now 15, 16, 17 years old. So, yeah. And yeah. We can't go back and change the way Glide Record behaves. I'm sorry. We just can't. Everybody would right. break and die, and yeah, it would be bad days. So, Tell us about the Glide query objects themselves. So the Glide query objects are um, one very, a big difference between Glide query and Glide record is that Glide query objects are immutable. So that means when you call, for example, uh, in Glide record, if I were to call add query active is true, Mm -hmm. I'm changing the state of that Glide Glide record by adding another, by adding a clause to it. So um, with Glide query, on the other hand, when you call where active is true, it returns to you a new Glide query. It doesn't change the old one. And that is actually really powerful for at least two reasons. One of them is now I can reuse these queries multiple times. Mm -hmm. So if I built up my query, I could pass it around to different functions and they they can add on to it themselves, uh, for example. So... And I, I could reuse it. Maybe I'll, on one hand, I'll like, I'll say where act where active is true and priority equals one for tasks, uh, and then I might call dot count, give me the count. And then on another hand, I just call uh, select, and I get a stream of the records returned. So I'm reusing the same query multiple times. Riddle me this, Batman. Glide record is a reference. When I pass it into a function, it's passed by reference. Is glide query passed by reference or by value? It's passed by reference, okay, uh, because it's an object, and in JavaScript, objects are passed by reference, just like Java, in a similar way to Java. Okay, um, but the thing that is being referenced is an object which I say immutable. I, I should the fine print should be something like uh, we don't ever change the state of the Glide record, and we make it we set it as read only. But if you really wanted to, you could probably go in and like hack the data in there but it's we don't help you with that you're on your own that's not you'd have to go out of your way to to do that yeah generally speaking we just we we consider them to be immutable objects that we can pass around and i i find that interesting because some there's times when i'm setting up my glide record query and i'll say well it maybe if this particular choice field has this particular value i'm going to add on another query here you know mm-hmm. it, if choice equals equals 10 or green or whatever square then gr.add query something else so i'm i'm kind of building my filter as i go through the the data is is that does that mindset need rethinking in that case there are scenarios where you have you might have a conditional like maybe i don't based on like you were saying some parameter that gets passed in maybe i i want an order by or maybe I want to order by descending and right. right. Uh, so it, and if you need to do that at this point, you, you can read the references are not immutable. It's the um, it's the object itself. That's immutable. So you, you would reassign the reference. So I might say if whatever, then um, glide query equals glide query dot order by, uh, and then else order by descending. Uh, so that that would be you can you can change the actual references 
on there. But the, I think it, and the other powerful thing with immutable objects is that um, it, it decouples code. And this is, I think, one thing that isn't talked about as much. But if I have my query and I like my query and I, um, I built it myself, I added my order by priority where active is true, mm-hmm. and I pass it to function A, um, A might call, might add some other where clauses on it. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. It doesn't affect me. It would affect me if it was a glide record, because now they've muted, mutated the same glide record that I'm using. Yes. Because now I might pass that my original query into function B, and B is doing a totally different thing. Maybe it's doing an aggregate query and it's adding some other like a group by. Um, I don't. A and B are decoupled because. Glide query is immutable. They aren't touching each other, and I don't care what A or B does with the Glide query um, because it's not affecting the two uh, because they're immutable. But it because they create every time they add something on, they're creating their own copy of the Glide query, original Glide query, and yeah, so they're they're decoupled. So that's the advantage. If I had a Glide record and I added active is true and add query uh, or order by priority and I pass it to A. Yep. If A calls uh, and, and severity equals two, it's like now that affects me and it affects it when I pass it to B because yeah. B is now getting a reference to the same glide record. So now A and B, they need to care about what other parts of the system are doing. And it that's what I, that's the decoupling that you get from glide query is you don't, by using immutable values and immutable objects. And I think this is a trend you're seeing in the software industry in general with some, some of the newer libraries and tools that are coming out. Immutability is being seen more and more as a very powerful um, thing, be, partly because of this. Um, also with multi-threading, if you were doing that, you know, you don't have to, if each one, with immutable objects, I don't care if three threads access the same thing. I don't need to unlock it you know, if someone's updating the value because mm-hmm. it's immutable, they can't change it. So I think that's, um, I'm kind of getting a little off topic, but that's. No, that's good stuff to know. Good stuff to know if you're going to be using that practice and using Glide Query. And that's kind of where I was going with the passing by value versus passing by reference. Because, you know, if you, if I'm, I'm thinking back to my old C programming days, if you pass by a reference, mm-hmm. you're saying here, v- function, you have permission to change my copy of this. And if you pass by value, you're passing an immutable copy says, this is yours. This is your private copy. Go nuts. But you're not impacting me. And, yes. and that's a very, like you said, it's very powerful to have control over which way you choose to do that. There may be times when you do want to make it uh, adaptable. But you're, like you said, if you've got different functions doing different things and one is expecting something that the other tweaked, like, oh, uh-huh, thanks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly it. So, um, and that's again another safe default that we we use in Glide Query. Immutability can can really save you in certain cases like that. Yep. We we mentioned performance before, and and I know that our listener audience is going to be very interested in this. And I think we talked about this on uh, mm-hmm. Creator Toolbox. Are there any performance differences between Glide Record, Glide Aggregate, Glide Query? Yes, is the short answer. The long answer is um, the the biggest. So we are using Glide Record behind the scenes. So Glide Query is is a wrapper over Glide Record. Okay. 
And because of that, we, we can't really be faster than glide. Right? <laughs> of course. Yeah. We're beholden unto it. So um, the, the, the thing that hit that will degrade performance the most is the reading many, many rows. So that has the most performance difference, I would say. It's usually, when, when I benchmarked it, it was roughly 5% slower when reading rows. So if you read a thousand rows and it, it took you um, 100 milliseconds, it might take you 105 milliseconds. Uh, That's if you and, told Glide Query, get me all of them, right? Well, give me all the rows. Right. If you, oh, all the rows. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yep. it typically, so my, the benchmarks I had, I have one where I'm querying, I think three or five columns, which is probably 95% of queries are no more than five columns sure. where, you, where you need to select more than five. So the, mo the more columns you select, the more conversion it needs to do. So, because what it's doing is it's for each row, it takes all the columns that you select and it converts those glide element values into JavaScript values. Okay. So it will call parse int, for example, if it's an integer column or, um, or even just converting a glide element string column into a JavaScript string. There's, there's some work there to be done. And if you have a lot of rows and a lot of columns, it's going to take more time than Overall, I would say if you were selecting 10 columns, which is the more, that's a pretty extreme scenario. That's pretty hefty. Yeah. Uh, that That's probably good. That's going to have more performance penalty. I think I would say about 10% is what I measured for, okay. I don't have the numbers in front of me. So, um, and this is a scenario where maybe I'm, I need to select 20 columns and I have 20 million rows if that's your scenario, you know, maybe, and performance is, of, is so important here. So I need to squeeze out as much performance as possible. Then you might want to fall back and use glide record in scenarios like that. Um, I would say for like the 98% scenario, um, no one's going to notice. <laughs> you're probably not going to notice the difference yeah. between 50 milliseconds and the 53 or 55 uh, milliseconds. If you're doing 20 million rows, you probably do want to do glide record to get some pagination going with like choose window or something. That's, that's yeah. my recommendation there. Yeah. So yeah, it, with, with, uh, with aggregates, deleting, inserting and updating, I, there isn't a whole lot of difference between, I mean, there you're probably talking less than 3%, um, uh, difference in, in performance because, okay. yeah. um, the actual checking, what well, most people, including myself originally thought most of the work, sorry, most of the time spent is probably on, on doing all that choice checking and field checking, but it's actually not. It's that that's pretty quick. And it's, it's done all up, all up front one time and it's over. It's the, uh, it's the reading, you know, thousands of rows. That is the place where you'll see some difference. Yeah, GlideRecord is doing a lot. If I remember right, it's doing a lot of stuff on the back end that most people don't even take advantage of. There's like a, a whole metadata structure in there that can tell you about the record and the data itself. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're using some of that for where there's a table it's available to developers, at least in the global scope. Um, Glide table descriptor is something I think that Glide Record uses. And it, it, it can give you metadata about a table. So it can give you what columns there are, what their types, 
Um, there's also a, a class called Choiceless Generator, and that that's how we determine the choices. Mm-hmm. So we're using pl- platform code to help us determine what um, well to determine the, the schema of the tables. Uh, David Liu would be happy using the, the implementation <laughs> that's been around already to build new cool stuff. Okay, what would yeah. you say to an old-timer like me who's very comfortable with GlideRecord to help get them started using GlideQuery? Well, I would say that um, GlideRecord isn't going anywhere. Um, in fact, GlideQuery uses GlideRecord. So mm-hmm. if GlideRecord goes away, GlideQuery goes away. <laughs> Uh, or at least we'll have to rewrite it, you know, to use whatever the next thing is. I, I think, uh, I think if you if you've made mistakes before, like writing scripts, like like we mentioned before, field names is an easy one. Choice names. Um, it, if you've spent a lot of time catching bugs like that, or um, or if you want better error messages, we didn't actually talk about stack traces. That's another thing. But um, I'd say there's just things that um, it, it's worth trying. You know, give it give it a shot. I would. There's uh, with the documentation for Glide Query. Uh, there's a lot of code examples, so you can copy them and try pasting them in a background script and running them. We can play with that. Um, it's definitely a bit different, like the functional style of it, where, Mm -hmm. you know, you select a table and when you select it, you get a stream of results. And so with streams, you can map and you can, you can reduce and you can use these. This is a very, this is definitely a different type, a way of thinking than um, the imperative style that Clyde record uses. Um, But if you're, if you're interested in programming and, and like learning new things, it's, I, you don't have to use it. It's we're not pushing this as like this is the only way. Sure. Um, abandon what you know. What you know is still very useful on the ServiceNow platform. So, um, but yeah, if you want to try something new, and if you feel like you could benefit from getting, uh, you know, a, basically some eyes over your shoulder to help you catch certain types of mistakes, then I think BigQuery is is a nice way to go. My my advice is start simple. Start with some simple. Yeah. You know, reading queries, get me a few records with a few uh, former glide record ad query statements or a set limit or an order by. Start there and you'll easily be able to map that into a glide query a series of, of calls and then work your way up. Get into some stuff where you're doing some inserts or uh, doing repetitive updates. It's, it's there. It's there. I, I haven't run into too many scenarios where I went, uh, this just won't translate for me. But if you start simple, <laughs> like anything else, start with what you know and and start simple and work out from there. And, and you'll start to explore. And after a while, you're going, all right, I get it. I get it. And then you go discover something new. like, ooh, this array thing is interesting. Let's go explore that. Yeah. So what's on the roadmap for Glide Query? The f- number one thing, encoded queries. That mm-hmm. That's something that we're we're focused on. Um, we don't have a timeline at this point, but I, I, I will say that there has already been progress made and this is um, something we, we really want to support. So um, adding encoded query support um, was by far the number one requested thing. And so uh, I think you can look forward to getting support for that. Uh, with that, 
we've, uh, I found that in order to have decent encoded query support, we needed to add a lot of operators that are currently not supported. Sure. So some of them, for example, are, are dynamic, you know, like usually it's me show me all the tasks where I'm the, yeah, where it's assigned to me. Uh, that kind of, those types of queries are, we're going to su- support with that and, uh, nice. and between, um, or show me everything where that was created on today is a, is another classic example where you have like, it's a, basically a relative query. Well, that um, sucker blows out to this big GS dot date stuff. You know, when you look at the actual query, yeah. when you put together on list filter and say copy query, you're like, oh my gosh, this thing is huge just to get, yes. you know, a date <laughs> thing. Yeah. So we want to be able to support that when you copy that query out of the table and then you paste it yeah. into your editor, I want I want you to be able to just do like glide query parse and pass in that string and then have it work uh, with glide query. So that that's something that we're looking into. Um, another thing is journal field support. We've had that requested a few times that is currently not supported. So for that, you, you know, journal fields where you show like the updates, uh, it's basically one, one field, but it has multiple parts to it. Usually it's used for logging and things like that. Yeah. Um, got work notes, comments They're They're stored yep. in the sys journal table and, but they, you can update them easily and say, you know, like incident.comments equals hello world. And that magically gets shoved off to the journal, sys journal table, but it appears as part of your record in the UI. Yes. So we want to support that and support okay. it well. So it, nice. Uh, another thing, this is another, uh, another often requested feature was opting out of certain types of checking. So, by default, we want we want the default to be strict, like fail if if you misspell a choice, for example. This is the common one. Mm-hmm. But there's times where they're like, I know I want to insert a record and I don't want I want the the choice value to be something that I, I know it's it's okay, even though it's not an actual choice. Just let me do it. Glide record lets me do it. Glide query is not, it's trying to protect me, but there's times where I'm like, I know what I'm doing. Just let me bypass that check. And so we want to um, allow developers that ability to like opt into, um, or sorry, opt out of choice checking um, and maybe field checking too. There's special cases, mo- probably mostly within ServiceNow where you have, you might have a table, but once you install another app, it adds, that app adds a new field to that table. So when I first wrote that field may not exist, but it might later exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a some sometimes that happens, and so we just want to make sure we support uh, that because that that stops some people from being able to use Glide Query for certain queries. All right, wonderful stuff. Thank you very much for joining me today, Peter. Let the listener know how they can get in touch with you. Well, uh, you can probably you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also, if you want to email me, uh, I'm, I'm at peter.bell at servicenow.com. So pretty easy to you bet. find me there. And uh, I'm also in the Slack instance. The SN Dev Slack? I think so. It, it's the... The one with the donut. 
Yes, the donut one. <laughs> Don't remember the name of it, but it's got a donut. <laughs> yes, so you can ping me on there, and and I've had you know some requests and for for features or things like that. So yeah, is there a channel on me. that server? Is there a Glide There's, query channel yet? No, maybe there should be. We should there I know there is on our internal servers. Yes. But, uh, yeah, that'd be a good one. As more people ad- adopt this, that'd be fun. All right. Thank you very much once again. And thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget to check out the other ServiceNow podcasts. You can find them at community.servicenow.com under the resources menu. And subscribe to this podcast to get it for free, automatically delivered to you when they come out. There it is. Again, thank you so much today, Peter, for sharing GlideQuery with us. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for having me on, Chuck. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening.